You're listening to Cinema Red Pill. I'm your host Sharon and I'm Timothy. Yeah, um thanks for listening in again if you're an again listener. Thanks for listening for the first time if you're the first time listener. Uh for today we're going to to discuss a classic, semi classic. We it is a in classic. our eyes it's a classic, but it's such a recent movie that feels too soon to label it a classic because okay. it was released in 2016. 2006. To that 2006. Yes. Sorry for that mistake. 2006 which is 10 years ago, right? Yeah. 10 years ago, but that's too soon. Most movies declared classics are like 30 or so, even more. Yeah. Some movies are instant classics. I don't believe in that stuff. Yeah. I think it needs to age well. It needs to age like someone sees it in 30 years or so and it's still a good film. Yeah. That's when you really are a classic. But also there's the whole impact and we don't know if this movie has any impact on anyone, but there's some argument on that. Does that impact? I'll deliberate on that later. Fine. But this movie is a top tier movie in yes. my books. It It's called Children of Men. Children of Men is uh, co-written and directed by Alfonso Cuarón. Alfonso Cuarón is a Mexican director. He directed uh, his first movie was Why to Mama Tambien. He had done a few but his first major his movie. His first major movie. I just have to because it's a good movie. Yeah. You should watch it if you want to watch a good movie. And um uh, Gravity. Gravity is well everybody knows Gravity. Gravity won seven Oscars in 2014. He got for best director and of course best cinematographer can't live without pointing out the cinematographer who's Emmanuel Lubezki. He's one so the must of light. <laughs> yeah, he gets too much credit it's becoming annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Alfonso Cuarón also directed Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> and he has another one movie. of the best Harry Potter films of in course. the whole franchise. It, you know, I liked it even before I knew, before I grew to be this yeah. cinephile per se. Yeah. But yeah, and also beautiful with a BIU. No, that's Inerit. No, it's Alfonso. Inerit. What did he do? He did. He was a director and writer. Oh. It's beautiful. it's Alfonso. It's it's Inerit. Yeah. Ah, mistake. Uh-huh. Ah, I saw that wrong. Okay. We we'll just cut that out. No, I won't. <laughs> okay. So, it's um it's a, a children of men is a science action thriller set in 2027 UK. Yeah. And uh it's uh, a society which is like at the brink of collapsing after 18 years of human infertility. No one has had a child for 18 years. Yeah. And the UK government has put laws to drive immigrants to to not to drive it to to detain immigrants in a, like a cage. And uh the lead character Theo played by Clive Owen is on a mission to help one of the refugees escape this chaos. I can't really remember when I last had any hope, and I certainly can't remember when anyone else did either. Because really, since women stopped being able to have babies, what's left to hope for? The world was stunned today by the death of Diego Ricardo, the youngest person on the planet, the youngest person on earth was 18 years, 4 months, 20 days, 16 hours and 8 minutes old. The ultimate mystery, why are women infertile? 
Some say it's genetic experiments, pollution. Why do you think we can't make babies anymore? Doesn't matter. It's all over in 50 years. It's too late. Move along! Move along! So, uh, it's, it was also put in one of the best movies of the 21st century. Do you agree? Definitely. Actually, don't know if you do. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> huh? Definitely. It's an assured top 10 mm. of the 21st century so far. Mm. So, now, let's get into the good... I love this movie a lot. Like, it, get, it, it goes into... I... I'm just, I rarely get asked what are my top favorite movies, and I hate being asked that. Yeah. But when some someone recently asked me my top five, it didn't get in. Yeah. But on Twitter, actually, there was this hashtag, top seven movies. Yeah. It got in. So yeah. I will always remember it got yeah. into the, my, my top five. I've not yet been asked to make my top ten, but it got into my top seven. So yeah. it's one of my top tiers. I, I thought of it on the spot at that moment. Yeah. I love this movie. Yes. It's good. Yes. Uh, let me leave you to start since you're start. <laughs> you're cool. Why are you putting me on the spot? I, I always have to let you go first. Hmm? <laughs> so go first on your great, great, great. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. It's actually one of the things that made me happy that I'm doing this podcast because yeah. you get to delve into something you like and even delve deeper yeah. than you already did. Yeah. I've watched it twice already. I watched it the third time yesterday. And also, go to, you do you notice something again, yeah. and you get yeah. so fascinated about the things you notice, yeah. and it just makes the movie even better. Yeah. So talking about it is a joy. Yeah. So go on. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I think as far as the twenty first century goes, uh, there's this group of film filmmakers. You know, they're called the Three Amigos of Cinema. Is yeah. okay, say your Three Amigos, and I talk about the Third Amigo. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Let's let's let, let me first get into it. Uh, there's <laughs> You know, there's uh, Guillermo del Toro, who is uh, well-known in the horror genre. He has kind of lost his mojo. That's why I was going to go. Yeah, but still has he's made some really great Compared films. Compared to the other two no, amigos? No, because obviously he's a bit more commercial. And mm. like his, what he aims to do isn't like... I don't think all of them are passion projects as much as, say, Iñárritu or Cuaron. But the three amigos are del Toro, Cuaron, and Iñárritu. Yes. Inyaritu has won the last two Oscars for Best Director uh-huh. and has made some really impressive movies along the way ever since Amores Peros, which was like his first major film, mm-hmm. if not his first film. Then there's also Quaron, who I think by amongst all of them probably he's the one who I think probably is most respected. More than Inyaritu? Yeah, yeah. Inyaritu is a festival guy, yeah, awards and all that, but as far as work goes, work <sighs> that stands. People I blame Inyaritu for self wankery <laughs> uh, but still Nyarito is a very good director okay. but uh, those three guys plus again the, the cinematographer Emmanuel Lubeski I feel those four guys have had quite an impact on cinema in the last the last decade or so mm-hmm. uh, I'll go into uh, Children of Men is a very very good film as you say top tier top tier one of the best made in the 21st century yep yeah, definitely so I'll, I'll stop at that yes so greatest thing I like about this movie mm-hmm. one of the issues I had with The Matrix if you listen to the review it uses words sometimes yeah. more than it should now this movie uses visuals yeah. versus just narrative and exposition there's not much exposition in this film it uses its visuals so much uh, I explained the premise of course it's about 
an apocalypse i love apocalypse movies they're like mm. i love apocalypse i, I like seeing apocalypse movies the and can it's be higher. premise of infertility is yeah. so intriguing to me yeah. that's exactly why i like the comic book why the last man it's yeah. a whole apocalypse thing and there's just women yeah. and also this he puts it in the direction of women like women can't give birth to yeah. to kids yeah. so that it's just fascinates me i can't i kind of name i just remember the first time i was watching as all the whole time mm. so yeah i was talking about the visuals it uses visuals more than just narrative some bits are told by just the details of the visuals one scene i would have to pick out the most is is there's um what, what what's this guy's name uh the guy who plays the weed guy ah uh, michael kane michael kane yeah. michael kane is like his friend he's a weed guy yeah. who's just Laid back. He's stoner. a stoner, and he's Clive Owen's friend. And Clive Owen goes to visit him, yeah. and then there's this scene where they just show the pictures on the wall. Yeah. Do you remember it? Yeah. And then it actually tells a story. It tells the story of of his story of how yeah. he was before yeah. all this happened, and in progression. Yeah, then it also happened what happened to, yeah. and how things progressed and yeah. how what the world was like before, and how it has come to this. Yeah. Then I just it it it, it gives you it makes you think like what would happen you know i keep saying like in the world we live in now many people don't like kids yeah. they're like i don't want to have kids you were a kid once yeah. imagine there's no future yeah what, what do you think do you think do you want to just be there and eventually <laughs> die yeah, yeah. the future actually gives you hope, hope yeah. so this is a world that's completely hopeless yeah. there is no hope for the future and yeah. that's the word people keep saying there's hope for the future you keep thinking of the next generation and raising the next generation if you're a person who wants to have kids yeah. so it's so fascinating but again about the visuals it puts so much details and even the visuals put in the emotions also yeah. so it makes the whole emotion and it sets the tone of yeah. darkness of a hopeless it's world and while you're watching it you also feel hopeless yeah yeah I, i'm a person who likes movies that bring the feels out of me and yeah. that movie is so sad yeah. that you feel sad also while you're watching it it's so fascinating yeah, yeah first go on before i blabber on hmm? i don't know what should, what should i go on about now <laughs> the religion it has so much religious undertones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, symbolism to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, that, there's also that one scene where they're now finally escaping from the building, and they find I think this people who are chanting some very jihadist stuff. Yes. And this woman has given birth. And wait, 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 wait! Before you talk about the woman giving yes. birth, can we set her up a bit? Okay. Although, okay. although I'm worried about people who have not watched the film. Yeah. This is really going to reveal something major but i don't know yeah. how we would talk about it without revealing this yeah. but there's like we we talked about these immigrants who are being detained the yeah. uk doesn't want the immigrants i guess their world is they yeah. want to set up their, yeah, they, their they're, country. they're the only functioning they're only functioning and people keep running to them and yeah. they don't want the immigrants yeah. so but there's this one immigrant who is pregnant yeah. who's pregnant girl. so that's the that's the the immigrant that Clive Owen's character needs to help yeah. to get away from all this. Yeah, so that's where the religious thing all comes in. Uh-huh. Go on. Now I feel there's that there's that symbolism as we said again with the Matrix recently. Uh, mm-hmm. There's that whole sort of chosen one. Yes. And this is more of a person who's chosen from the lowest the lowest corridors of society. It was like Joseph and, and Mary. Yeah, and she's actually the only one who is supposed to 
who has the who, who who's giving the world hope yes yeah so i feel that was very good and again as as i was saying that scene where they were running out and they ran past this whole crowd of jihadists mm-hmm. who are all chanting this death to something yeah. and they're carrying someone who's dead again it's very symbolic when you see this point in the middle of this ruckus there's so much chaos going on in the world mm-hmm. people are only focused on the death yet there's someone who's actually carrying, carrying. hope which in form of life of a young baby walking through them I don't even notice yeah yeah so I feel but like there's that scene where, where they, they notice stop in the in the building where God. they stop and the soldiers the soldiers tell all, everybody yeah, to yeah, stop, stop yeah. like the war then immediately they get out they begin shooting again oh and it was <laughs> so good and it was a long yeah, shot it yeah, was a single take. shot yeah and everyone keeps going and then there's even people who do the the yeah, the, 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 the cross, cross symbol yeah. oh god that that that, that there's, a, there's a lot of religious me. symbolism so much re- religious symbolism then there's this thing where everybody thinks the baby is a boy yeah everybody thinks the yes. baby is a boy even the pregnant woman herself yes. thinks the baby is a boy yeah. but it's not it's and she even makes a joke of being a virgin yeah she makes a joke of being the virgin which is like virgin, yeah, Mary. virgin Mary. Then a thing which I had not noticed before about it which I one of the only things that I noticed this third viewing was his sandals. You know they make him wear sandals yeah. which is like a Jesus type <laughs> yeah, of thing yeah, of yeah. those days. Yeah, Joseph. She gives birth in some barn of yeah. sorts. Oh, it it has so many religious undertones which are so cool. The single shots you like single shots yeah, these guys you know people keep complaining that people make it seem like that those two amigos Inyaritu yeah. and and Quaron invented the single shot because they use them so much yeah. tell me more about that you must know yeah, because more about I, that. because the film itself has this very documentary style look to it mm-hmm. it's basically like the cameraman is just following this guy through this area of conflict it's like something you'd see on Al Jazeera of reporters running through a battlefield or something it yes. has that same look to it mm-hmm. so again as i as i was saying earlier why this movie might is actually a classic is because mm-hmm. some of the greater movies made like uh Quaron made gravity which yes. used a lot of long takes yes badman was made to oh, look like no. a long take it made it look like a long revenant take. itself which you know to one his second consecutive oscar also is a lot of long takes mm-hmm. so i feel this movie also actually kind of shows the, where shows their vision the mm-hmm. kind of filmmakers they are they take a lot of pride in making things look real without mm-hmm. cutting without visual effects something just shot the way it is as happening mm-hmm. and that puts you in the middle of the action it makes it look very real it makes it look so real yeah. there's this scene where Clive Owen is caught by the guys and yeah. then he has a long take in the battle scene yeah. and they just keep moving the camera yeah. a bit and coming back yeah. to him it was so yeah. good it was really good then i also have i liked the whole anti immigration immigration yeah. thing it's which is again an, another reason why movies become classics is because yes. there are themes ring true later on so true. so now we're talking about it recently there's the whole brexit issue and the anti immigration laws and again this comes back into the film that was made in 2006 yes. that sort of highlights immigration itself it, that, that's one of the yeah. things and I think the uk feeling that it's a, the classic. only functional society mm-hmm in the whole world so mm. we, we have out of power over what who we let in who we let out what it, we do within here it yeah, feels like a real thing yeah. that western countries would do if we came into such a situation which it's, those immigration laws are already things that are there even when there's not such yeah. big conflict and people yeah. come in because they have conflict in their yeah. own countries yeah. and they're come they they are led out and this immigrant is the one who's pregnant yeah. and she says it herself like I'm an immigrant how will they take it that an immigrant in their country 
is the one with the baby. Yeah. They'll make the it seem like the whole country. It's the only hope yeah. for the entire the country. World. They'll make it seem like it's a British yeah. child instead yeah. of being an immigrant child because they don't want that whole at foreigners down who's yeah. giving hope for that country yet. Foreigners also build your country yes. too. You should embrace yes. them. There's so a whole Donald Trump Are also. We? So it's very relevant. Now, and again, another thing is, as as far as filmmakers go and the stories they tell, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Inerito has been uh, accused of being too self-indulgent in his stories. You know, he tries to be, tries to bring his inner emotions, his <laughs> perspective of the world. Uh-huh. And I feel Perón did the exact same thing because he's also Mexican, and I'm sure he understands the plight of immigrants. Yes. Mexican immigrants. So what he did, what was very clever, was to actually get these themes that actually ring true for him as a filmmaker, and mm-hmm. he actually wants to tell, but again tell it in a very interesting, you know, very this genre. You know, it's a, an apocalypse movie, and that's what I actually really liked. I feel as far as mm-hmm. any of these films, these three di- great directors have done, mm. I feel that this might be the best one of all of them, of all the ones they've done: Inarritu, Del Toro, and Cuaron. I feel this this might be from those Mexican directors. Mm. This might be the best one. It's my best yeah, one. It's the best. So, it's the best. Oh, so good. And uh, Clive Owen. Yeah. I have to say, Clive Owen, I don't like that man. Like, Why not? As in, this Clive is the Owen only is, film I like him in. It's really good, by the way. Weirdly, it's the yeah. only film I like him in. And I remember the first time I watched Don't like, you think he would have made a good James Bond? No. I do think. not think he would have made a good James Why Bond. Not? Whatsoever. He has. James Bond has to be woman charming. I don't ah, think you'd get again, that part. Yeah. You're being sound like those Idris Elba haters. <laughs> no. <laughs> saying it's too no. Or... Idris Elba is hard, yeah. but I, Clive Owen would have not worked as James. I don't like Clive Owen, but in this film, he's so good. What I like about him the most is the way he, in the beginning he's so out of it. Yeah. Like he's just so bored yeah, of the whole apocalypse just thing. He's, he's like just drifting through life. He has clearly lost all hope mm-hmm. and you see that moment when he looks at the pregnant chick and it's yeah. so yeah. real he's so he gets, good in this film and he's so out of it but then they make him a hero yeah. and it's believable and how they put his backstory yeah. with julian moore yeah. oh, another scene i have to talk about is the ambush scene yeah, with julian moore that one is long the, one of the jaw-dropping parts yeah. of it it was you feel like very you're in technically was shot as in the whole scene that actually makes it that actually move move out of the way of the camera the <sighs> camera could go through the windscreen so there's a lot of complexity in shooting that scene yeah the way they use the camera yeah so effective yeah. i love this movie so much it's so good that it's just that moment when shit really really gets real and yeah. you feel it shit has yeah. gotten real you're unsure because there's not much exposition they actually don't tell you yeah. the reason for all this infertility, yeah. but ah, this film is so good. What else do you have there that you wanted to talk about it? I just want to talk about how this movie, despite it having some really jaw-dropping scenes and action sequences, really didn't do well at the box office. It didn't! Which is a bit disappointing, which again shows you kind of the whole way mainstream, mainstream cinema also works. Because mm-hmm. this movie had everything that I believe even the average moviegoer would want to see. It had an interesting story, great action to shot very so well. So intriguing. Yeah, but still it didn't make that much money. I Which again? I know. And yeah. I, I like films that make you think. It really makes you think like, what if this happened? Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. Anything else? I don't know. There's the Oscar, the Oscars uh, that year. 
Quran wasn't nominated, though Inyarito was for Babel. <laughs> God, and also Pan's because you know, so it was like a good year for, for these the Mexican, three, the three of them that yeah, <laughs> Paron had children of men, Inyaritu had bubble, and uh, Del Toro had actually his masterpiece, Pan's Labyrinth. In Pan's the same Labyrinth. Uh-huh. So I wanted to talk about one of the reasons why I think why I would think would be a negative, not for me, yeah. for an, a, another viewer, yeah. which I would think someone would complain about. Yeah. Hmm? I would think. It would not be good for someone who just looks but doesn't see because most of it is visual don't you think so if you don't really see it could get the narrative could actually become boring for you yeah no the thing is uh, out of people watch movies passively yeah now you see we're pointing out things like symbolism not many people would actually Mm. pay attention to Mm. that they'll just be along for the ride but yet this movie is so rich in so many ways from the detail in the cinematography the symbolism in the movie the way it was written mm. the characters and their different nuances i feel the average movie god probably not pay attention but still this is the kind of movie which would actually keep them in their seats for the whole hour 45 minutes or so of the movie yes yes and i think it's sad yeah, it's it, it makes me so sad. Movies, <laughs> that's, movies aren't supposed sad. to make you feel good about life. <laughs> Some movies make you feel happy. Yeah. Like the movie I recommended, Sing Street. Yeah. It makes you so happy. But this is such a sad movie. It's such a, oh my God. Like, oh, this is so sad. And the way that it's set up, the whole production design is just so miserable. Yeah. You will see a miserable society. That's another thing. Because uh, remember when we did the review for... Uh, Civil War Captain America. Mm-hmm. You were talking about how they didn't put too much effort into the cinematography. The thing looked you no know, like any other place. Yeah. Same thing with Children of Men. Just because their thing was shot with this witty documentary style, mm-hmm. but it was shot using very authentic. It's a, it's a, this movie is actually sci-fi. Yes, it is. Yeah, fiction. but it's sci-fi without you know the kind of Jupiter sending visuals or Avengers mm. or something like two thousand one a space Odyssey. Yes. It's set in the world as it is right now and how everything has gone to shit. Mm. So I feel that's also a very big strength of a direction in a way, Have, being able to tell a believable story of say a future in something that looks so contemporary. That's another strength of this movie. This movie is so good. Yeah. I think it's. It has to be a classic, really. Yeah, I think that's it for now. Uh, watch this movie if you haven't seen it. You, I, I hope the our explanation and our praise of it would get you to watch it if you haven't. We haven't spoiled so much. There's so much more to the film than anything we've talked about. There's a lot more. It's an intriguing, intriguing film. Just You have to see this film. It's such a must-watch. Anyway, thanks for listening to to our podcast. I'm Sharon. And I'm Timothy. You've been listening to Cinema Red Pill. If you've watched this film and agree or disagree with our views, email me at Sharon at cinemaredpill.com. Check out my website, um, cinemaredpill.com. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>